spidey senses tingling. That, of course, is your host, Slim, and this is the Paper Cake Podcast number 52. Welcome. Welcome, new listeners. Welcome, old listeners. Episode 52. Let's talk about it. Um, Welcome to Paper Keg, the hottest Tumblr site in the history of PA-based Tumblr comic book sites. Who accepts no spam followers? Those are all real people. 10,000 followers. We just crossed the mark. This could even be considered a new 52. Uh, oh, welcome right to the now. podcast. We talk about industry news. We talk about the books we're reading. And we do a book club. X-Men. Mutant Genesis. Um, and we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Letters at papercake.com. I can clap for them, killers. Um, let's go around the room because, you know, you're a new listener. You're coming into the show, and you have no idea who these zeros are that are sitting around me. Why should you even listen? I'm about to tell you. We have a black man on the show right now. He has been called a former D.C. historian. Ever since the New 52, he's been a nobody. He's, he's on been, our level. He's probably been called a lot of things in his lifetime. Poor guy. That's inappropriate. Sorry. Uh, he's also a TV star. He's a member of the Yes Hello TV troupe. <laughs> True. Uh, Mark Farrington, published writer. Welcome to the show. What it is, people. Good to be back. The only time I've ever heard what it is is right before Jive Turkey. Have you ever watched... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Um, speaking of writers, the opposite end of the spectrum. Never published. He uh, has his own bookie. Alleged. We, we're not getting into that. We're though. not going to get into it. Uh, he is Brian Michael Bendis's and Alex Malieve's Daredevil Runs number one fan. I am their cheerleader. You've been called um, my grade school nun's favorite local writer. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and um, I got you New Jersey in pretty good time today. Just want to let you know. Thank you for that. We are in New Jersey. Just a shy under tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that voice He's the podcast Savior You know he brings us down to level He's the podcast newsman now That's right Taking He's up that mantle a father A family man A connoisseur of beers uh, And he used to write about webcomics on papercake.com Dale underscore A. Hey guys, it's uh, good to be here. I uh, don't write anything, that's true. I have no accolades, no Pulitzers like these guys over here, but right. uh, I am what I am. You haven't been published in, uh, what's the magazine called? Rations. Rations Magazine. Yeah. Rations Magazine. Fagmagazine.com? 
I can get you in if you want. No, thanks. <laughs> When's your next issue coming out? Next issue, I believe, is coming out April 18th. Stands on my head. Next issue I'm in, who knows? What, what's going to happen first? Your next published article or your episode of Tosh.0 with your Yes Hello <laughs> TV troupe? God, the apocalypse, I imagine. Thank you for being honest with us. First time. Folks. We have the biggest show ever right now. Can you agree with me? Yes, you were probably going to die live to tape before I the show have was over. The whooping cough. Self diagnosed. Self diagnosed whooping cough. WebMD helped them. What the app. kind of uh, news? What's happening in the in the world of comic book? <laughs> news, Dale. News. Comic book news. Oh, you want some news? Good save, Jonesy. Please. You got it. You know what just happened? Emerald City Comic Con, up in Seattle. Really, Seattle? Is Seattle the Emerald City? The Pack Northwest, they call it. Pack Northwest. Me and Gail Simone call it that. You and Gail. You and Gail. Friends. <laughs> Guess what go. was announced at? The E Triple C. What's that? We just talked about it on uh, Garvey Keg, right? Remember in the fireside chat when we were talking about how Fear Agent was probably the best comic book ever. Oh. A Fear Agent omnibus. Oh, get out! Announced. Don't tease me. Emerald City Comic Con. Give me details right now. Please. I want. I want this. You want the deets? Yeah, yeah. man. That will go digital as well, Dale, or just uh, print for now. I think it's just print for now. I mean, I, I'm obviously only relaying to what the the news agencies tell me on the uh, on the AP. Right. But uh, we're looking at August as a release date. Okay. Or uh, August to October. This is just a volume one, right? Volume one. This is not just the entire series. It's going to be a second volume. So you're, you're, we're looking at half the series here of Fear Agent in hardcover. My God. A lot of back fat. This is they're a, promising. This is someone something you could murder someone with the size of this hardcover, I imagine. And I would be happy to get murdered by a Fury Agent Omnibus. Slim, these are one of the instances where I want to borrow his hardcover fetish. Yeah. And just get on in there with some Fury Agent. I would be honored to murder you with his hardcover. Um, I'm just glad that it's it's happening. Finally. It's real. I mean, whoever's pu- putting it out, they've, uh, you know, they have all the rights to all the books. Dark Horse, I believe, Instead of is the last Im- owner. Mental image of uh, knowing the two samurai kill each other. For honor, only Slim's using a hardcover of Fear Agent. I've long Not said, funny in retrospect. long since said, Gen Z loves beer. You're nun's favorite writer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only hardcover I would ever buy would be Fear Agent. That's right. Fact. And here we are. Here we are at the moment where it has been announced. We're calling up Jonesy's bookie to see. Get the bookie the odds. on the line. Tell him how much I need to launder to him to get me this hardcover. It's going to happen. Please do. It's going to What's your book's what first name? We want the juice to, to Joey? Is it Joey? Actually, we only refer to the guy as Dove Man. <laughs> that <laughs> is <laughs> He said that with such an air of seriousness. <laughs> what how does I, I don't want to ask. Don't don't derail the show. To, no. Host. Uh Fear Agent. You know what else what I would love? What? Fear Agent going digital. Oh, oh boy. I you know what? Baby. I would be I wouldn't be surprised if that happened soon after. I mean, because Dark Horse is uh, obviously being able to release all of it in under their label now in right. this Omnibus edition. Mm-hmm. So I would hope, I would mm-hmm. pray to the seven that they release digital as well. Oh, God. Oh, and one God. of those bundles you can buy online. 
Oh, oh my god, forget god. about it. Stop it. It's Dark Horse, you just stop it right now. What else we got? Anything Tantalum. else cooking? For uh, this week? What else we got? Oh, you know what else is happening? Tell me. Scott Pilgrim. Really? This is Matthew Patel. Right? Think in the movie? I remember Scott that, Scott yeah. Pilgrim is going color. Really? That's racist. Wait, you just said it's racist. They... <laughs> I don't know why no, he said that. I'm saying he's not racist by going color. Oh, he's... it's getting a color printing. Yes. Is that what's happening? Okay. Right. As a, you know, as a lot of people know, some people don't know, Scott Pilgrim was black and white. But it was still good. We did that in one of the very first episodes of the Comics Podcast. That was one of those books where I really <laughs> thought it was great in print and didn't like its translation to movie. Mm. And it, yeah. I love the movie Movies, and the books. The was good. Mark, your thoughts on Scott Pilgrim as a comic book and a movie? Never read it as a comic, believe it or not. Love the movie. Love the movie. Interesting. Former DC historian chiming in. Mark, I'm wondering how much people will be angry that it's going to color. Yeah. There's a small faction of people who are weird about black and white. Like it's quote unquote Racist. selling out. I think there was a free comic book day. Michael Jackson. Was there a free yeah. comic book day Scott Pilgrim book that was color? I think you are correct Thank on that. Thank you. Thank you. Slim. We're running out of time. We have I mean, to get going. How can I be an honest newsman here if if you're not going to let me report the news? I we got to keep on. We, I we chopped it down from 15 Look, minutes to six. Can we do like a lightning round of news? Like maybe he just spouts off headlines. There's got to be more. I know. There is. Hates my news. There's segment. just not enough. Dale, I time. love your news segment. And um, I love the way you present it. Let's it. start it off with myself because I want to talk about a book before anyone else ganks it from me because I have a short list. So I'm going to be selfish. Shocker. Let's talk about Avenging Spider-Man. Ugh. I knew you were going to talk about it. I'm, I could just kiss you in your wet lips Man. right now. <laughs> Avenging Spider-Man. You heard about this book, anybody oh, out there? Oh, it's so good. Oh, I've heard about this If book. you're not into the superhero books, I'm going to give you a little brief talk about it. Can I do a prequel to this conversation? You will cry by the end of this oh, uh, review. Oh, God. It's emotional. So you're going to review a book that I'm about to review? No, this is a pre-review. Preview. <laughs> Can't you wait a G-damn minute for me to talk about the book? I don't know where this energy's you coming just from, shut Slim. up for a minute. Don't know where it's coming Avenging from. Avenging Spider-Man... Is number five. It's a, it's like a you know you're new to the character. You're like you know Spider Man's a fun character. You know I want to see him get into some hijinks with some other popular characters like Red Hulk. You know he's yeah. he's uh, his his powers being just hilarious. Red Hulk, uh, <laughs> Hawkeye. Maybe he's gonna get into some hijinks with Hawkeye. He might. And maybe um, I don't know some other ones. Maybe he had other issues, but I didn't get him. So I grabbed issue number five. He's hanging out with Cap. Captain America. The, the Captain America, you're saying? That's correct. It's uh, drawn by Lian Liu. Oh, yeah. Written by Zeb Wells. I loved every second of Tell the me. writing of this issue. Tell me about the writing of this book. I, Slim. It's, um, you know, Spider-Man, he learns that Cap used to be an artist. Comic book nerd. He That's drew right. his own comic books back in the day. A lot of people didn't know that. <clears throat> Pretty much propaganda. Yeah. But he did it. And it was this little hobby back in the day. Well, he loved America even back then. So Spider-Man's like, whoa, Cap's a nerd too. You know, I'm into the chemistry and bull crap. It's so not, we, should, we should hang out sometime. You know, we, we should get become friends. So during the little adventure, he's like 
being all close to Cap, being all awkward, trying to talk to him, saying, like, hey, we're the same now. Cap's, Cap's trying to do his job <laughs> yeah. all the time. When they pair off together, oh, my God. Yeah, there's a couple great panels where Spider-Man is just really being crazy awkward, trying to be friends with Cap. And um, so he tries to – he tries to, he thinks he's now on Cap's level, where he, whereas he wasn't before. And then uh, Cap kind of puts him down a few notches and says, you know, that wasn't – that's not me anymore. I'm not – into the drawing or comic book stuff, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a soldier now. So you really see this cool moment where they uh get back on the same level. You know, and uh just just have a very cute, adorable moment between the two. Yeah, those last couple pages they were really nice. I mean what a great it was such a nice story too. It wasn't all action. It was uh, you know, the back and forth between Peter and Captain America. It was just really, really cool. When uh, Peter's walking out to throw his first chemistry set away, because Captain America calls him out, he's like, "Do you still play with your first chemistry set?" Basically saying that because I don't—that's why I don't draw anymore. And uh, Peter's lies at first, then he's like, "You know what? I still do play with my first chemistry set. I don't know why I even lied about yeah, it." Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, that was so good. Such a great, it, such a great book. But it was it, number five. I mean, especially uh, bringing in Captain America so early in the run. Just to kind of say, you know, you know, he's Spider-Man mingles with everybody. Mm-hmm. I like he's to a mingler. Think in the future, I'm going to reference this issue a lot as like one of my all-time favorite issues that helped develop a character. Uh, Zeb Wells, though, to his uh, his credit with his comedic writing, uh, what I mentioned earlier is they pair off on this mission, and so it's the Avengers in the jungle, and they're like, "All right, Cap's like, what's breaking the pairs?" Spider's like, "I call, I call Cap." Uh, everybody got that right. Everybody heard. I call Cap, Cap and me are gonna go. Yeah, I just I I chuckled. Cap's like I okay. Told. Yeah, there was a there's a couple of weird. One of the weird things of the issue was Hawkeye was wearing his old uniform. Oh yeah, and it, I didn't get. I didn't understand. And it was kind of the writing made it seem like he his other costume was in the laundry. But it's such a big deal now that Hawkeye is in his new movie costume that this seemed like a weird oversight. Like maybe this issue was done a long time ago before they made like a mandate that he had the new costume all the time. Or maybe in Zeb Wells fashion, they told Zeb he had to write him in his new costume, and he was like, "Yeah, maybe Zeb Wells did it just for." Zeb Wells is good. (laughs) That aspect of a book, like the the comic little one liners and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Zeb Wells is really good, and I mean. He's like synonymous now with the best Spider-Man issues. Him and Dan Slott. Leanne will use art. Yeah. Anybody else have any uh, thoughts on it? Um, I don't know. I, the first stuff I've ever seen from him was, I think, that Sentry uh, run. Of New Avengers or Avengers? It was like Sentry proper, uh, like his own book for six issues or whatever. I Yeah, I'm not super big on him. He, he like totally wrote... Peter like Andrew Garfield too. Did you get that vibe? There's a couple scenes where he had a big nose and a skinny head, like the first couple of pages, and then later he's like he looks totally different. His art styles dramatically change over the years. Yeah, I don't know if it's the coloring or he leaves more inking up uh, to the actual inker or digital inker, but his stuff on Superior is when I first got turned off, and it's just I don't know if it's like a time saver for him or what. But I paged through Secret Invasion. Which was like I don't know how many years old that that is, but oh wow, it's like five or six. Is it? I think, and it's just totally different. I don't know what it is. I I think he just his style has changed where he can do more now. I don't know. It's different. Before we get off the book, did you guys catch the back fat with a preview of the next issue? Spider-Man, Daredevil, Punisher. Oh, Oh, the Omega effect. Yeah, 
I'm pretty interested to see how Zeb writes those three characters together because they have such a story past those three together. Yeah, actually, I'm actually interested. don't think he's writing that. I think Rucka... He's not? Yeah, no, they're he's... all taking a chapter. So uh, Rucka gets one, Zeb Wells gets one, and Mark Waite gets one. Okay. Your boy. Love him. We need to keep this train moving. I want to hear from one man who hasn't quite made it yet, like his other hosts, like Mark Farrington. You know, he's published. Superstar. He's uh, a TV star. Richard Branson. Jonesy loves beer. What are you reading right now? I read this past week Atomic Robo Real Science Adventures, issue one. Everybody else read this? I didn't. You need to do yourself a favor. Some robo fan you are. Now, I got to. Now, look. All right. I blame Square the Shoulders on Red 5 Studios. They can't get the books to my comic shop in any sort of timely They're fashion. always having problems with shipping. I yeah. see it all the time. Every time they have a book out, it's some kind of hijinks happening where they half have, the orders went out or something. I, they had a lot of trouble, actually, with uh, Moon Girl, too. Like That's, the only, I think, the only other thing that I've the, gotten from Red Do 5. they do Diamond, or they go through somebody else? They must use somebody else because... Uh, Sarah Tighteye over there at the uh, comic book shop. She said she's she might be able to go through somebody else just so she can get the books Jesus. in a quicker amount of time. Like she's Weird. buying it from somebody who buys it from Red Five or something. Yeah, like when this came out, Comicsology uh, had thought that it was we had it listed on our site as that week, and then I guess it got delayed a week. So people were wondering where it was, um, and we thought like I think it's out today, and then no, it was the next week. I don't, I don't know. Jonesy, sorry. Okay, Jonesy. so Atomic Robo. <laughs> This series starts um, out as like an amalgam of different little Atomic Robo vignettes. Uh, Not necessarily all of them starring Atomic Robo, but definitely their cast of characters. Um, My favorite one of these tales was the Revenge of Dr. Dinosaur. They were kind of a throwaway character for the beginnings of Atomic Robo. I guess not throwaway, but definitely memorable um, in this couple-page story. You know, Robo defeats Dr. Dinosaur, his island blows up. So you see uh, Dr. Dinosaur, like, spend the next couple years, like, um, going to a lab, uh, winning the Pulitzer Prize, making discoveries, then robbing banks and building a fortune, then building another secret lair. And, you you know, you wonder what this builds up to. And then you realize it was, he spent all this time learning how to use the internet and spam Atomic Robo's inbox. (laughs) Yeah, that was hilarious. (laughs) I mean, that's just like the classic... Robo Clevenger sense of humor. It's mm-hmm. a, it, and Atomic Robo, what I love about this, it's almost a perfect jumping on point. Even if you didn't know the characters, I think you can just jump right in and be caught up in a sense. I mean, there's a couple of vignettes with like the Tesla stuff that you would you know, be better off going to read some of the the origin tales. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I, I love Atomic Robo. Uh, that's my review. I love Tom Grobo. I, th- I just think it's so cool that they th- that Clevenger launched another book. Yeah, and I think it's just going to do just as well. I mean, and it's going and it's going to let him express himself in a different fashion with these little vignettes and stuff like that. It's it's going to you know he's trying to force himself to tell a tale of a different kind where they're only four pages long or something like that. So right, and if it's a situation where they don't want to. You know, be pigeonholed as Atomic Robo. This would be like a great way to branch out into other stories. I but I'll, I'll be clear: if you put Doctor Dinosaur on my hands every month, I will pay you to read it. <laughs> Absolutely. Th- thank you for being clear. No, I, 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 I prefer try to be. Clear Jonesy. Jonesy loves Claire. 
No, they the guys behind Atomic Robot are geniuses. Play it simple. The way they do solicits, the way they do tr- digital trades, the way they do trades. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. smart folk. Yeah. yeah, they really are. I want to talk about another smart folk. Yes, hello, star. Pizza customer number one of the pizza vignette. Mark Farrington. Video. You are an internet sensation. Can we face facts right now? Let's get to, get down to brass tacks. Right now, I want to know more about Atomic Robo, actually. Oh, well, you ask away. Brian Clevenger's right here. You want to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fireside chat it, because I got some fanboy questions from for you, Jonesy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Um, book I read. In light of our talking about Mutant Genesis, I went back and did X-Men Season 1. Dennis Hopeless and James McKelvey. Neither heard of... Jamie McKelvey. Thank you. Never heard of either. Internet star. Picked up this book just out of curiosity. I figured I've known the X-Men for 20 years. May as well start at day one. Didn't think I'd like it and wound up loving it. It is the story of the X-Men, the original class, Cyclops, Beast, Angel, Iceman, and Gene. And it's told from day one of Gene entering the X-Men. It's a rehash of their origin, but it's not a panel-for-panel, story-by-story moment. It tells me the broad strokes about what I need to know about the X-Men, but gives me reasons why I need to care about it. X-Men have been around since 63, right? Yes. We were all born in 81, 82, so there's years of knowledge that passed by that we don't even know. We see about in flashbacks. So it was refreshing to go back and actually see why I should like these people, to see that they were at first teenagers who had love triangles, who had daddy issues with the professor, and oh, by the way, they need to go fight for a world that fears and hates them. If you ever want to get into the X-Men and don't know how, Pick up season one. It's a great book. Fantastic book. Jamie McKelvey knows how to draw a sexy lady. Does he? What else has he done, Slim? Uh, he yeah. did the one of Warren Ellis's one shots on Secret Avengers. Ooh. Um, Jamie McKelvey did a, I do believe a few issues of Uncanny X Men with Kieran Gillen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. Phonogram, I think, is their creator-owned book. Yeah, yeah, that's good. He uh, redesigned Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel's new costume. That was that loved. him? Mm-hmm. He was the genius behind that one. Um, his artwork reminds me of Paul Smith, of the Uncanny Fame. Everyone, anyone? No. Okay. Nope. No. Who? Paul? What? Uh, Uncanny X Men nerds will uh, high five me right now because we're buds. High five. Jamie McKelvey. The the book was great. I I love the book. Everything about the book. Uh, it was a little short. I've it heard was a, short. Was it? I've heard a lot about the season ones in general, and that they've been fantastic, and people should read them. They have. Is a book like it's, it's longer than a comic, right? Because it's, it's, like, it's about a hundred pages like, uh, of story. It, yeah, it's like four or five issues. And then it even had a reprint of Uncanny X Men Volume Two, Number One, in it. Yeah, it's like four or five issues, but twenty bucks, twenty four bucks, and then they include Uncanny X Men Number One. So it's kind of. Mm. What caught me through halfway through this book, which really surprised me, was, and I used this same compliment for Avenging Spider-Man number five, the missions and the fights and the heroics they do are kind of second nature to the characters. So I find myself caring more about the people and the adventure that they're having than the super heroics. Mm-hmm. Because in the middle of this fight, they're freaking out. And in between scenes, you see the X-Men struggling with the fact that Okay, I need to go risk my life for people who will spin on me. 
it was just good. It's yeah. more character work. I wish we saw in the X Men. Yeah, the the writer I'd never heard of. He knocked it out of the park. No, I hope he gets more X Men work. He deserves it. He should. He should. Cool. I want to read that. Can't wait. Family Man. Newsman. Avengers versus X Men number zero. No. Um, Brian Michael Bendis. Bendy. Jason Aaron. <laughs> uh, Frank Cho. Slim, I know you spoke to this on your the Comicsologist, that other podcast you do, but uh, I just I I need to talk about it too. You give talk an audience here you on, want. on Paper Keg forever. Um, it is definitely an issue zero. Mm-hmm. Definitely could, uh, definitely not needed. Um, it is a two-parter, two stories in one. The Scarlet Witch, Brian Michael Bendis's. Uh, what did he do? He killed her as soon as he got on board with the Avengers. Good. Right? Um, then he wrote that House of M junk <laughs> and uh, took her down. She's back, and she's back in a world where she's, I don't know, I don't know, Frank Joe, the Vision. She shows up to the uh, Avengers mansion. Vision just totally, like, restraining orders her. Right. I mean, He's she, kind of a beat off. He whips out the paperwork and treats her like total S. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and the other story, of course, is Hope of Hope in the X Men fame, which is going to uh, it's more to the uh, X Sanction Cable from the future raised Hope. Uh, she's the mutant messiah, right? She's the first one born after the House of M incident. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch and the Avengers, Hope, Scarlet Witch obviously decimated the mutant population. Mm-hmm. So this is where it's all going to come to a head. One plus one is two. Exactly. What had happened? Where's uh, Scarlet Witch is back. Wasn't she a psychopath and uh, pretty much decimated the mutant population? She was a psychopath, but in uh, Alan Heinberg's Avengers Children Crusade, they found her and brought her back. She got her powers and established, reckoned out that Doctor Doom was responsible for everything well. Wanda did in the House of M. What? No, excuse me, not House of M. In House of M and Avengers Disassembled. Uh, D- D- Doom was behind Avengers Disassembled as well. Doom was manipulating Wanda so that she snapped and said no more mutants and attacked the Avengers. That's mm. um, straight up retcon. That's grade A baloney. So I'm calling it. Right that's now. a but I, I mean that's a total Doctor Doom move. I mean it could be. Yeah, it just kind of seems like the easy way out. It was out on left field for me. It's, it's like what's Doom got? What beef does he have with the Avengers? Yeah, that's a major. Bummer. Frank Can't she Chow, reverse her, her stuff and bring the mutant population back up? That was one of the issues that they addressed because she was uh, the Young Avengers and her wanted to go restore everybody's mutant powers. But then the X-Men were still angry about House of M and said, you ruined our species. We're on extinction because of you. You need to pay for this. Mm-hmm. And the Avengers stepped in and said, hold up, X-Men. She's an Avenger. She said she's sorry. And that was <laughs> yeah. the opening shot. I love the way you put that. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not making so that up. So what was the reason why she didn't restore mutant powers? Did they give one? They didn't really give one. The X-Men and the Avengers started to mess around, and they started to dust it up a little bit. And eventually Doom stole Wanda's powers and became godlike, so they all teamed up to fight Doom. And Wasn't he, isn't he good in Fantastic Four right now? Isn't he just kind of like walking around mentoring Valeria? You're right. He is kind of good. You know what? Comic books, everybody. Comic books. That's the way it is. We need to 
get into the lightning round. Okay. Starting okay. with... Fine. Myself. I, I still can't wait for Avengers versus X-Men. Can't wait. I can't either. How, can how about I. the uh, Cottonmouth, the, the Snake Squad? In two issues, I've never seen these guys before. They're in the Hope issue of Avengers vs. X-Men Zero and Avenging Spider-Man. You know where they're pretty popular at also? Where? Captain America? Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Dun, dun, dun. The world's about to break. Yeah. Lightning round. Ew. Okay, don't even play that coy because you've been singing it every two seconds since Killer the car went of Demons. You think that was a tie-in? Yost. Lightning round. I forgot. Wegener. Your boy. Wegener. Uh, account exec. Good. Sees demons in people. Think they live, oh, yeah. but in an enjoyable comic book format. Comicsology.com, check it out. Wonder Woman, issue seven. Can you imagine how good a Wonder Woman show would be if it was just a shot-for-shot shot remake of this series? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number eight. It's finally getting good. In the letter column, Bendis confirmed the next Marvel event of the Spider-Men being a meeting of Ultimate Peter Parker and Miles Morales. What? Letter columns. Does nobody read the letter columns outside of Mark? I think that's pretty big news. It's actually, yeah. Lightning round. Rebuttal. Lightning round. Lightning round. Oh, boy. Terminator, RoboCop, Kill Human. John Connor gets his head cut off. RoboCop does not protect and serve. <laughs> Spoilers. Directive 4 is being a badass, my friend. RoboCop. It's fact. Is this a lightning round, or are we just... We need to get into Mutant Genesis. You ruined my lightning round. Are you in a book club? We, we are. are. Uh, X-Men. Got a new number one issue back in the day. What year was this? 1991? 1990. Yep. Thank you. <clears throat> the year of award, 1991. Um, Uncanny X-Men Flying Eye. Got this hot new artist, Jim Lee. And yeah. uh, Chris Claremont. Just kicking A at the time. Or was he? So this is a new number one issue. You know, they didn't do new number ones every three weeks back then. 1991. Right. How many years ago was that? 21. Jesus God in heaven. Do the math. I mean, just do it. Do the math in your head. We'll be here. Uh, new number one issue. This this is the the, the issue that pretty much uh, created the the maybe not created but uh, exploded the speculator market and pretty much closed maybe seventy percent of the comic book shops in the world. <laughs> in the world, <laughs> maybe yeah. the U.S. Um, how many billions of copies does this issue sell? Like six, eight, eight million? 8.1 million copies, according to Guinness World Records. So we throw that number around. Eight million people bought X-Men number one to read. Eight million comic fans. Wrong. It's because people, you know, this is the first new number one since, who knows, 1963. So people were like, oh, yes, I got to buy like ten of these because they're going to be worth millions. 
And they've been milking it ever since. Way to ruin the the industry for everybody, you dummies. Thank you for that. So Chris Claremont and Jim Lee doing this hot new number one, Magneto. He's the main uh, adversary in this three-issue run for the first arc. Right. First arc. Didn't realize this trade uh, included some junk afterward. I only read the first three issues. I'm not gonna Jesus lie. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh boy! No wonder I farrington it. No wonder you liked it. <laughs> what What happened to the? Inc- I couldn't. I loved it so mean? much. I couldn't move forward. That's the lamest excuse I ever heard in my life. Wow. The love is so lame. So. Um, I'm Magneto now. <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> you know he's he's having the time of his life being by himself up in Asteroid M. Uh, these he's got some people that come up to him. These acolytes. They want to live and serve with Magneto at all times. Um, the United States government doesn't want this to happen. You know, they right. think Magneto's up to no good. Yep. So they uh, want to enact something called the Magneto Protocols. You know, take him Such down. Such a great Claremontian name. Take him downtown. Take him downtown. Um, Mark, call it in. <laughs> <laughs> so call back. Uh, off show call back. So they uh, so some, some ass goes down. Magneto doesn't he doesn't want us to get involved. He's not he's like a villain in this book, but he's not really the villain. <clears throat> so he uh, is that he butts heads with the X Men in these three issues, and uh, he tries to do what's best for him. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe, the people. Maybe not. Maybe that's not what's best for humankind. It's three people. What did you think of uh, the first ru- the first arc of this uh, this trade? Dale underscore A. It was like the never-ending story. It was like words that would just not stop on every page. You think he got paid per word? I per page? trust that he did, and he f- used that to the to fully exploit Marvel's ex offices and their paychecks. Or say like one issue paid his mortgage um, from the word count. Jim Lee. I mean, I mean, come on, the guy's got chops. Right, mm-hmm. and it clearly shows. Even when he draws a hunched-over Wolverine that's like smoking a cigar and oh walking God. away from Cyclops that's dramatically. That's one of my notes. Every single over. panel that Wolverine has his mask off, there's a stogie in the corner of his mouth. Um, the uh, I liked the three issue. Uh, you know, uh, Asteroid M. It was uh, cool. I, uh, Words fail me as soon as we hit record on here on paperkeg.com. All right. You know, you're, you're a podcast star. Um, his heart was in the right place. Claremont's or Magneto's? Claremont's. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know. I just got fuzzled together with the whole plot line. Fabian Cortez uh, uh, getting Magneto addicted to his mutant power. Right. Of, weakening um, him. Weakening him. Yeah. And... Um, Moira, Myra, Moira, Mc, Moira McTaggart. Yeah, classic character. Uh, revealed that Magneto was grown up, and then he became a baby, and then he grew up again. And during that time, he was uh, under Moira's watch, and Moira screwed with his DNA to try to fix him, try to try to maybe. Uh, right some wrongs that the future yeah. Magneto would make, and Magneto does not take kindly to basically coming into uh, everything he's ever done has been called into a question because she screwed with him. I have these single issues in my long box in my office back in the day when it first came out, and this the part of the story I've since reread it 
but when I first read it, none of this stuff stuck with me at all. Like the DNA messing around, mm-hmm. and it's weird. Like as a, I don't know, nine years old, I guess. It's nine years old reading that. Like, what did I take away from this book outside of Wolverine is a badass? Yeah. The X Men joined forces with Magneto. The X Women were hot. The X Women were hot. Psylocke just swims laps in her bikini. And that you actually reminded me that I took more of the story away this time around. Like yeah. it's heavy stuff. It is super heavy. Um, but back then I did not understand what I and I probably stopped reading because it was too long. But there was, I mean, there was <laughs> some complicated stuff in there that a, a young kid wouldn't get at the time. But now, yeah. now looking back, I mean, yeah. Magneto getting effed with. I mean, other than the fact that he got turned into a baby, which mm-hmm. is uh, odd, but that's it's comics. Yeah, the, yeah. I remember, I remember reading about that later, and then he, he was Eric the Red. I think brought him back, because um, that was around the time. Like I think right before this, I want to. I don't think it was right before this because I think X Men three hundred or two seventy five was right before this. Yeah, what was before this was the earliest milestone at 275. And that was when they were in the Australian era in the Siege Perilous. And... Okay. Yeah, because like maybe uh, two or three years before that, probably five, Magneto was like leader of the team. Right. So he. Yeah. he... There's a lot of references to uh, him taking over the school for Xavier. Right. Xavier was in space right before this arc and for years because you're right, Magneto was in space. And I remember like. Nowadays he's a hero, and I can't remember if it was this story or other ones that, like looking back, they would always paint him as someone who was just looking out for the betterment of mutant kind, and he wasn't really a psycho, and he didn't really murder anybody, just out of for murder. Mm-hmm. And this was the one that I remember as a kid because he really didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I think in this entire story, he was just like defending himself. And trying to protect mutant kind. In terms of being a total psychopath, he wasn't at that level. <laughs> yeah, they right. definitely yeah. tipped the balance towards the 90, 90s anti-hero. Yeah, like the the shades of gray in terms of Magneto. But um, and then well, and then the, the, just the kind of funny stuff that happens is he forces Moira to screw with the Myra. X-Men's DNA. Yeah. And they totally just like from one panel to the next off panel somewhere, they join Magneto's forces and they become like acolytes of Magneto's cause. Like that. I don't remember. I remember that happening as a kid and I don't remember an explanation and rereading it. There literally was no right. Real explanation. I thought this digital copy here. I I thought I missed a page too. (laughs) Like right when Cyclops is with Professor X. And he's like, we've joined Magneto's cause. <laughs> the very next page is yeah. just like them training to fight the X-Men as if it just, okay, yep, they're with Magneto now. And Greg Lugane is diving into the pool. Like, like you could have a whole issue of them dissecting right. them changing sides and it happened <laughs> off panel. That's, that's what it. I love. That's that's classic Claremont right there. <laughs> now, the only thing I wonder, and this is, uh, I mean, this could definitely be the issue, is this is... I mean, they just relaunched his book, but the first three issues is Claremont's last issues on the X Men. Mm-hmm. So maybe like they squeezed it all into this three issue arc. Yeah, maybe I don't know he, the backstory. Yeah, maybe he wanted to get it all jammed into this three issue arc, but it totally was just like, oh, Charles Xavier's like, what, what, what? You're you really? I mean, you're not kidding. With I this? felt like a Charles Xavier just is a blindsided by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, Scott and his. Uh, the, I'm trying to think Stands. of some other notes that I wrote. The, um, the when they're doing the danger room scenario, and there's a like a cyborg Professor X and 
um, Jean Grey. Jean Grey, and they're having the talk about you know that this is like just at the beginning. Like the, you show, you, they open the book with Gene and Professor X talking, like having this intimate moment. Yeah, and then ten, 10 pages later, they're revealed to be cyborgs <laughs> from their computer program. So I'm led to believe that these cyborgs just have these intimate conversations right. about life. Just when, in case anybody walks is, in on them. But it's just them in the room? Did anyone else catch that? <laughs> Aren't they powered down until somebody breaks through? I mean, <laughs> Why are they talking to each other? I didn't. That's another another thing I didn't catch when I was younger. But like just reading it yesterday, yeah. I was like, "What is happening?" Another thing that I didn't catch in this uh, as a kid was, and we're gonna pick it apart as we dissect this. Is the yeah. writing um, to say that it's wordy is an understatement. Every character on every other page gets into a Shakespearean soliloquy about whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Case in point, I have multiple panels, but here's my favorite one when. The X-Men are attacking Magneto in maybe the first issue. And the panel is beautifully rendered by Jim Lee, and it shows everything that Psylocke is doing. But the monologue is, got him, blast. His costume is a form of body armor that combined with his helmet, blunted the force of my attack. I've manifested my psychic knife, the focused totality of my telepathic abilities. (laughs) One strike should render Magneto insensible. There's countless examples of the the art and the monologues narrating what the art is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. It was rough. By the way, for the listeners, the only reason he was quoting this page is because there's a full-on spread eagle silent crotch shot. Yeah. <laughs> it takes like 50% of the page. Let's talk about all of the ex-women camel toe that we see in this. I kind of forgot that there was like that weird Psylocke, Scott Summers um, flirtation happening, I think, over the, like, the course of the, a few years that she was in the book. But how about that double-page spread at the end? Where Magneto is like lifting his cape up, and it's a two-page spread of literally forty word balloons, <laughs> and I don't even—I didn't even know how to read the page. It's—I like, was like, where do I even start on this? Yeah. And it's this gorgeous two-page spread, but half of it is word balloons. You couldn't see whatever's beneath those word balloons is probably gorgeous Jim Lee art. Yeah. But the art was late, so we just filled it in with words. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one too after that battle where. Magneto is sitting around in Asteroid M, and Cortez comes to ask him if he's okay. Cortez literally gets six words out on this page. The rest is filled, cover to cover, side by side, of Magneto talking about what just happened and his feelings. Yeah. There's a ton of that. Yeah. um, I don't remember, like, this much exposition in the older X-Men books. But there was a lot, but not this much. Yeah, it was – it's very taxing on your – Reading, I mean, it takes you like 40 minutes to read one of these comics, one comic. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, and that's e- and this is even with when John Byrne, John Byrne yeah. takes over for issues four through seven. But uh, actually, he only he only plots he did four, right? He, he only, only no, he only plots like one, uh, four and five, I think. And then Jim and Lee then, just no Scott Lobdell. Oh really? Uh, takes over six and seven, and then on. Because I think I thought I saw Jim Lee did the plot and art. Tibian? Art Tybin? Art Thibbert. Thibbert, yeah, yeah. He did the fin- finishes. Yeah. Yeah, there was, wow. it got brutal after the third issue. Um, and that, and this is all, four through seven is with the Omega Red stuff and uh, the mutant death pheromone. Yeah. Unexplained death factor. Power. Yeah, the mutant death factor. I don't know what that, I don't know what that but is like, still. I'm, I don't remember what I thought about that when I was younger, but this, I mean, four through seven were just unreadable to me. As a kid, I thought it was so cool to read this because 
It's Wolverine. We get to learn about his mysterious past. He's got a new arch enemy. Little did I know that this would start a trend of every other villain being Wolverine's arch enemy. Hmm. From Omega Red, we got Cyber, Lady Deathstrike, Silver Samurai, Genesis. The list goes on. Yeah, I remember this being way cooler looking back. Like, oh, remember those few issues where Wolverine's backstory took place in the X-Men series? And then I read it, and I was like, ugh. Like, I, now I, I, I couldn't stop focusing on Jim Lee doing just breakdowns and having other artists do yeah. the finishes because it was so obvious now. And uh, I and with about Jim Lee, I mean, I can say Jim Lee is, like, my favorite. I love Jim Lee, but every one of these pages could have been interchanged with Bruce Wayne and the Hush. Like, it's everybody looks the same, like, mm. especially the men. Like, he draws men's faces, every man, man's face is the same, mm-hmm. except Cyclops' visor. <laughs> and I like to think every person in Jim Lee's universe goes to the gym and just works their leg muscles. Absolutely. For, like, yeah. days at a clip. You yeah. know what? We're ripping on it, and there's a lot to rip on, but I think this could be my favorite Jim Lee art. I think I like it more than Hush. Oh, yeah? And more than it's Justice def- League. Definitely more raw. Yeah, I yeah. think I like Hush more because it just seems more, like, more inked, I guess. Maybe I just like more the inks refined. on it. Yeah. I barely remember. I, I can't remember the Hush one. I just remember his Batman changed from, like, the first two issues to the last few issues. Like, he got the used Hush? to drawing Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's possible. But I haven't read that since probably the first time it came out. So he can draw a short-eared Batman like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple notes I had about uh, the series was I loved the uh, Claremont-isms in it. For instance, I'll quote you here. Uh, issue 2 starts out, you know, space is technically starts 50 miles above the Earth. <laughs> uh, but, you know, man has only learned to manipulate up to that level. Unless, of course, you're the uncanny X-Men. <laughs> I love that kind of Claremont mm-hmm. uh, introduction. Like, he treats every issue like it's the sequel to a movie. Yeah. Uh, another uh, page I loved is um, when another character explains information about a secondary character that we already know. Like in the Danger Room training session where Wolverine almost gets uh, Professor X in the face. And Cyclops is like, stop waving those adamantium claws around. (laughs) You know that they can cut through any substance on Earth and it's way too close. That was a great, um, like for the new reader, you instantly learned that Wolverine is a loose cannon and Cyclops can't stand him in like two panels. Yeah, in in like two paragraphs, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I also love Claremont's absurd science that he just expects the reader to be on board with. We talked earlier about the Moira Metagart uh, conversation, but literally the science is that your nervous system can't handle your powers. So the breakdown of your nervous <laughs> yeah. system makes you evil. And then I remember even reading it just this weekend being like, oh yeah, totally plausible. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely on board with that, Chris. I mean, it, I smiled so many times rereading this. It's like this three-issue start of this series, the influence is so severe on all the X-Men that come, like the the cartoon series was... Yeah, every, I mean... I think it, the uh, the cartoon was definitely mostly based on this this run here, and like, and because of that I read all the Cyclops stuff in the, in the cartoon Cyclops but voice and Wolverine, because every episode of the cartoon is Cyclops reminding Wolverine that he can't be a loose cannon when yeah. he's on a team. Like, and so the, it was the blue and gold team. I remember growing up yeah. on that. Where yeah. having, and they started here. Yeah, yeah. having um, the Uncanny Bucks being one specific team and the X-Men Bucks being one specific team. I love that. 
I just strike teams. I, uh, man, I just, I love this so much. It was th- these are my X Men. This is the team I grew yeah. up on. You know, Gambit of Rogues, uh, Unrequited Love here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a classic X Men basketball game. <laughs> Gets interfered uh, right. with the powers. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I love it. I, I'm gushing over here. I was so happy to read this. And you know what? Props to Claremont on one thing, though. I mean, this lineup of the X-Men was so successful that this stayed around for the most part until about 2000, 2001, when Grant Morrison stepped in. So nine years of the same lineup is pretty impressive. And then, uh, uh, then Jim Lee went and did a tour of book club. <laughs> with uh, Jeff John. How about the coloring? <laughs> I remember the only reason I really bring it up more now is because they went back and they released a new colored version of the, I guess, the first three issues. Did Do, they? Yeah. So they went back and had someone recolor it to make it more modern. Hmm. Because, so, I mean, I I love, I like looking back, it is very 90s, the coloring. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. totally in your face. It, it almost took away from the story because a lot of it is... It's weird coloring where a lot of the coloring is depth of field or depth of shadow and where it's doing a lot of inking work. And it's really weird to see that in the book. But And there was a, a lot of that was like the wispiness of like the cigarette smoke and rogue's hair. It was like all wispy or magnetos. Off color. Like oh, and then the, the first page of X-Men 2 where it's like it's just his head where the colors that separate from his head to the background – there's just like white space, or there's a color like the color uh, changes. It's very strange. Yeah, there was one scene where they were all in the uh, command center of the X Mansion, and the table was just like it's yeah, a table. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah. it was like wavy color. It was it was weird. It's it was junk. Very odd. Yeah, maybe it was a mutant table. I mean, we don't know. Uh, true. Stay tuned. Could have been Marf before Wanda killed it. Is his name Marf? Marf. <laughs> I don't think it's Marf. X Men, mutant Genesis. You're here first. What a book club. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Mark Farrington, we get letters every week. Yeah, we do. Letters at paperkeg.com. Um, if they're any good, we'll read them. Try to keep them short. Yeah. Because most of us can't edit out. Mark can, but I, I definitely um, can't. We don't want to have a Twitter uh, letter fiasco Again. that happened to Dale underscore A. I still apologize to Sean in North Carolina for that. Uh, did we get any letters this week, Mark? We got a couple. One from a fellow podcaster over at the Savage Fincast named Craig. Oh, there he is. He's saying, hey, paper keggers, not going to lie. I was hoping that the Tituses would wind up joining the podcast crew or at least making them regulars on the show more often. They said that it's nice to have input from a female and Sarah's opinions are interesting as well. Now, that being said, and his quote, not mine, please, no more episodes with Beck. Beth Corto. Oh, jeez. Wow. Wow. Tell us the truth. When she told you that she was reviewing some non-English Cuban love story comic that isn't even available for sale in the U.S., you had to know it was just to show off her language skills and let everyone know she wrote a thesis, right? I kid. Keep up the good work. Who is this? 
Who Craig is? from the Savage Fan Cast. Oh, okay. I like that guy. I immediately he, take back my <laughs> my was about to flip over the table. P.S. Actually, I wouldn't mind if Beth returned as long as he made it mandatory that Mark interject during any of her non-superhero comic reviews and say the words boob and bush at least <laughs> once to keep us awake. P.S.S. Not kidding about the P.S. Craig. Wow, that is true. Beth Your Corto. Your inappropriate levels skyrocket when Beth goes around, Mark. Beth Corto fans, stay tuned. That's right. In May. May Corto. As an aside, to stick up for Beth, that book is actually now available in the U.S. in English. Uh, I think she had a lot to do with that. She did. She, she, I think she's like probably got some classy job, like works for a book publisher. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. She should, in my head. So, th- what, Mark, your thoughts on him wishing you didn't come back and that the Titus Psy stayed on his house? You know what? If there's anybody I'd like to be replaced with, I'm okay with that. I think you said that about every replacement host. Yeah, but the Titus has got insight. We don't. How cool is it to have a retailer on the show? The tie-dye, I know they're it's pretty neat. Cool. They're sponsor the, sponsor the show. They're in a new spot. They just opened a new store. Sunday. The comic book shop. Yep. Check them out. Delaware. Or Marsh Road. Off of exit nine. Any specialty racks worth noting? Uh, I don't know. I and mean, they they got a bigger store. Word on the street it is they are going to have store. a paper clip, paper keg book club spinner rack. No, but Get here. I haven't confirmed it with mine own eyes. Uh, but word on the street is how humbling is that? How what, awesome is what's that? What's your L5C, Dale underscore? That's union talk over there. Teamsters. Spinner racks are amazing. They are. Fact. I love a good spinner rack. Mark, did we get any other emails? We got a couple emails. One from show stalwart listener, catcher. Stalwart. Good word. Thanks to Panooch, we can say happy birthday. You look good out of diapers. Now. Oh, yeah. He's asking us to name our perfect X-Men team and who's writing it in Lightning Round Volume 1 Planetary. On his end. Oh, my God. He's saying perfect blend of taking itself seriously and poking fun at its outrageous premise. Eliza Snow slash Axel Brass for the White House. No more. No more. Please, I beg <laughs> mercy. No more. It wasn't me who brought it up, Dale. I know. It was everybody else. Favorite, or what's your ideal writer and X-Men team? Mark Farrington. Astonishing X-Men under Joss Whedon's lineup. So Cyclops, Wolverine, Beast, Emma Frost, Shadowcat, Colossus. And you know what? Just for fun, let's put Jean Grey back in Just there. Just do it. Yeah, well, she, was she, teased, can... she was teased as coming back in that Whedon run. That's Everyone right. Remember that? So and then Colossus came out the blue. Everything she does can completely tax her mentally. and uh, She, she can't can barely lift a paperclip without a nosebleed happening. Yeah. She's worth everything. <laughs> Everything she does. Most worthless character in the history of comics. And me writing it? Or who's writing it? You write it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah. Sounds give, perfect. <laughs> give it to Mark Wade. I'm good. Mark Wade. Last time he wrote X-Men, it was garbage. Let's he did I think six he, issues. I think he even admitted it. The Onslaught run. Get out of here with that Mark Wade business. Onslaught. Brian Bendis. Ideal X-Men Ooh, writer. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine. Is that, is that foreshadowing? Is that Wolverine, X-23, Dakin? Just Wolverine, <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis, and Dupe. Oh, yeah. Wow. You heard it here first. And Brew. Oh. <laughs> oh, Brew. <laughs> I love him. Jonesy loves beer. We're running out of time. What is your ideal okay. team? Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, yeah. Storm, 
We're getting really nerdy right now. Uh, well, when I said Nightcrawler? No, I mean just this question in general. Um, old first mutation beast. <laughs> that was, took that was a notch right, right now. <laughs> old first mutation beast. He's <laughs> still the same person inside. And, um, gambit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's okay. You don't have to answer. You're retaining Please. your cool factor right now <laughs> yeah. by not answering. Way Never. to go. Some combination of what you guys just said. Uh, do we have any other ones? Or are we saving those for uh, next week's episode? Oh, yeah. We got a Record couple. that next week. Can we, can we weasel also. in another one? Or you want to hold them? Yeah, I can weasel in a short right, one. do it. John Sreff in Allentown. Gents, congratulations on making it to 50 episodes. And Mark, okay. welcome back. That said, what is more important to you, Mark Paper Cake or Yes on Low TV? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Straight to the point. This guy's a journalist, maybe. This is just me. There's a lot of people on an email say that said as a segue. I think drinking game. Someone says it on the show a lot with that said. Is it you, Mark? It might be. I had noticed. Let me know. Okay. Answer the question, Mark. What's more important? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the answer yeah. right there. Uh, yes, yep. uh, Nah, it'll, he'll say it's a, or you might think it's a cop out, but I get different things out of both sides of the equation. Like if I want a cop out. Well, if I wanted comics and superheroes are the first love, so I will always gravitate towards talking about it. So that being said, I do paper keg more naturally. But yes and no lets me flex different muscles. Which is definitely fun. Flex that paycheck muscle. I stopped listening after you said uh Cool. That's your first answer. What a show. Good show. Remember when Mark said he thought it was gonna suck? I do remember (laughs) that. And then uh, he told us he wasn't going to make it for a free conversation. Oh, sure. I know. Save the fireside. <laughs> uh, next week, The Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis mm. and JRJR. I have a preview for that. No, I don't. Save for the show. Oh, God. I follow the rules, Slim. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Maybe. to everyone that likes that band because now they don't <laughs> trust <laughs> your awful singing. Everybody's got jokes. <laughs> Is what my a mic show. even on? I think you turned me off. <sighs> I wish I did. What a show. That's it. What a show. That's Win Collin for me, Mark. Sorry. When was the last time we all had such extensive notes on a book club, huh? Claremont yeah. does that First three issues, too. Jonesy. Yeah, well, uh, let's talk about you flaking out, not reading the I'm next not, three. I'm not even sure that was a flake, bro. No? I got to issue four, and I just, that was like, I'm good. So you voluntarily wow. stopped reading a book club book. Yeah, I, listen, I know for a fact that some hosts have wikied the book they were supposed to read before the show started, so. I'm not going down on your own, I'm are you, clear. bus driver, Jonesy? I... <laughs> I'll take wow. you with me. Not going down. <laughs> Let me just state flat out. 
Over that, under on paper keg making it out of this fireside chat. That I am <laughs> disgusted that you would voluntarily stop reading a book club because you didn't feel like it. I wasn't that I didn't feel like it. Slim. It sounded like what you just said 30 it seconds ago. It wasn't like coming out of laziness. Two to one, we don't make it out it of this book just, club. It was just a... Let's get into it. What were you doing? You were laying down. Let's set, let's set, set the stage. Yeah, while well, I was in my uh, awesome Java. chair. Right. And I got through the first three issues. And you said, I'm bigger than Paper Keg right now. I don't need to finish <laughs> wait, reading but, this. Wait a minute. How does that make me bigger than Paper Keg? That's what it sounds like to me. No, I, I pro- please, Slim. That is not the case. You, I, did I, you, you didn't say maybe something like, man, there's guys read Moriarty last week. <laughs> All, every single issue of that. Right. Well, then I didn't want to use this to get out of some... Uh, so Some negative energy, but can I turn the show around right now? No. You, well, let's get to <laughs> this. So you got to issue four. Yes, I was chugging through issue four, and, and I was just like, this is way too much reading. Is anyone else just busting <laughs> in their pants right now hearing this coming out of the I mouth? I think uh, you're getting trolled right now, Slim. So reading book club books it. is optional. That's my takeaway right. from this. It's Thanks, a life uh, troll. Episode 52, Gen Z's. Well, we have to you record like another goddamn episode with him. So, so episode 53, <laughs> let's look for another host that wants to read books. You want to change topics? You might as well do it now. I do. I, do. I, I hope I win you back on my side. Uh, I have a note here for the sign out a Google alert for October the 11th. You guys know what that is? Have you Googled that yet? No clue. Is that a cigar fest or mm-hmm. something? It will be the birth <laughs> of my child. Wow! Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. What? Yep! Congratulations! Yep. Let's, let's, my, buddy. let's hug it out. Oh, they're hugging. Oh, yeah. oh I'm, uh, I'm on so the other side of the coffee table. table I'll you hug you on the mic. Too? Yeah, can yeah, we? Come on, let's come in there for a hug. Good for you. Yeah, I, I thought I, I saw the ultra scan picture on there, but yeah, I was hoping nobody saw You're that. Still an asshole for not finishing the book. That's right. No, yeah, we were waiting to tell everybody to the third trimester was over, but October trimester ten, eleven, twelve, the babies do. Nice. Wow. And we're very excited. Very cool. So thank you very much. Wow. Exclusive. I knew all those times we were at the bar and I was like, oh, Dave and Mary are next. I knew that whole time. Well, I think pretty much everyone knew that you were pregnant Mm -hmm. as a couple. So I will go from seeing you only during the show to seeing you only on the show. (laughs) Even if he makes the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. Not not quitting. I'm not sure. We're going to have two people having a baby. Paper cake is about to become daddy daycare. Oh, wait, 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 you know, I don't need anybody tail spinning out of control here. It's tail spinning. Plans are in place. Is it tail spinning? I'm going to be taking a, a, a recording session or two off, and then I'm back in business here. What about this guy? Well, His wife's sick. Guy. He's no. got to shut the house down. No, you know, yeah. she didn't have the flu. You know what she had? Babies. So she, she had a baby. No, she so was, she was very off. ill that night, and she wanted me to stay with her. I think that's nice. I don't believe him. Let's okay. be honest. Yeah. But that's cool. You Call my wife on it. It's okay. I don't know what he's going to use an excuse as uh, next week when he didn't read Avengers. Oh, come on. This he already dropped this bomb. a host of excuses he has now. Got, oh, my pregnant wife. Only you. Only you would turn this joyous news. <laughs> He gave you a hug. I mean, he he barely yeah. touches I got anybody. Up. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? And do then you, you sat back down and you and you he trolled did, me, bro? He, gets, Since, he even gives his dad a high five. He doesn't yeah. even hug his dad. So. <laughs> Since your wife has become pregnant, do you yes. find yourself crying at books more? He tried to cry before the yeah woman no, was pregnant. I cried not, sir. You get out of here. Uh, I did say. Well, the only time I really cried, I cried when I saw the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. I did tear up. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. It's a pretty good moment. What about that life. scene in uh, Game of Thrones? 
Now, Try watching that with your pregnant wife. No, I'm glad I watched it alone. Is this one of those things that maybe we should clarify for the listeners? Is this Twitter dark? No, no. You it, Anybody can talk about it. We okay. are past the first trimester. But actually, my family knew last weekend. I was going to tell everybody, but I figured what a better way to tell everybody on the show. I thought to get everybody's reaction on air. Nice. Yeah. Dale looks pissed off. Why am I pissed off? Pissed off, No. <laughs> Absolutely so, not. Yeah, Let's yeah. not take away the fact that uh, Mark has bailed on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, school is calling. And yet, I don't know. I'm so cheesed off right now. <laughs> You'll get a replacement host. It'll be the most popular thing ever, and uh, we'll go Dale, about our lives. Dale, let's talk about your cheesed offness right now. We have a f- we have a few minutes. We're going to release this uh, special episode of. Uh, no, bit. we're only we're at the 64 minute mark. Oh, so okay. you know, 70 is the uh, red alert. All right. Well, you know, that's it. I mean, this is it. This is the end of the show. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Can we go on with two expected fathers? Yeah, that that's not my problem. <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> my problem wow. is, Mark, we, dr- we I dragged this out of you that you weren't going to be available for free comic book day. He was going to tell us on Twitter that he was not going to make free the comic day book day. The day before free comic book day. Let's you talk about it right us. now. Yeah, it would have been out sooner. Via email or uh, group text, perhaps. And decided on the mass. More mass most text. likely, it would have been a mass text. You're easier to reach on mass text than um, fire truck. I think that's our new running down through your house. That's our new method nice. of contact for me. iMessage. 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 Group message. Fifty uh, percent of paper cake will be represented mm-hmm. at Free Comic Book Day. Actually, perhaps seventy-five percent if the uh, doesn't come to fruition there. You mean Cigar Fest? Yeah, I, I think I might be back on the uh, free comic book day train. Well, let's not count our chickens yet. <laughs> right. Don't get your hopes up, America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> I saw a show producer quickly whipping out your iPhone, working on Mark, the... Mark, that uh, doesn't make it okay. It doesn't see. make it okay. You know what? That we might have a special guest to free comic book day. Hey, the listeners will understand. They'll be cool with it. That's the public relations spin spin on things. So yeah. that's that's too meta. Uh, what a night! What a night! A, you know, a, a roller coaster um, of emotion. Emotions are all over the place. First tonight, Mark decided to <laughs> bail hard. Second, Jonesy revealed that he did not finish the book club willingly. <laughs> Let me reiterate. <laughs> Jonesy did not finish the book club. That's willing. my news. It's going to get reiterated. Maybe this willingly. <laughs> Maybe this is paper keg disassembled. <laughs> uh, third bit of news. Jonesy is going to be a father. Spilled a seed, and now he's going to have a, a, a little Jonesy. Jonesy um, loves bottles. Ten, what's eleven, the, twelve. Huh? What's the biggest mm-hmm. piece of news? You decide. You okay, decide yeah. out of those three. C- could it be my child? Possible, uh, possible, we'll, we'll let, or you know, maybe <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. Paper it would keg be disassembled. Your, your child on baby keg, but not reading a book club yeah, book you know, is a pretty I damn just, big deal. You know, Mark, you want to talk about dedication to the show? Well, give me. We have piece. all supplied a host for the next generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody has had a kid, so the paper <laughs> keg can go on. That's once, the best. Once we're done, and I'm gonna have a kid I don't, I don't see you supplying a future host. No, That's all I'm saying. You won't see that for four or five years. So wait, is <laughs> don't it, even um, worry about that. Is it a? Do we talk about if it's a boy? Did I gloss over that part? Uh, actually, it's two more weeks to the uh, sex is determined. Oh, so we don't. Know. 
Nice. Oh boy. Did you pick out names yet? We do. We have Jack, Myra, Jack and Moira, Moira McTaggart Myra? Jones. Myra. Uh, we don't have a, a girl. We're not set on a girl's name yet, but it would be most likely Jack after my father, for a boy. <laughs> oh. Jack, girl. like you said, no, no, I realize name would yeah, also no. be Jack. <laughs> well, why not? Jack Quillen. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice name anyway. That's a great um, name. Well, we Jack have to record. Uh, like we have to record another episode after this. We'll see if we get through it. We do. Tension. Fourth wall. Tension we have, will be there. Uh, episode fifty-three coming up next. Who knows? Who knows how it'll go? Yeah. Win column. Having a kid. Come on. It's true. <laughs> it's fact. That's why we got to walk away from all this. We have to. Just ignore the other two black eyes. No offense. Hey, come on, on I, this episode. <laughs> I read all the Avengers issues. We're good. <laughs> I'll try not to schedule any paper keg events on a 10, 11, 12. You know, because that, that wouldn't just, just wouldn't be fair. You'd get no, a, you'd see what happens. You'd schedule something. Would make it. Right. You'd schedule something on 10, 11, 12 and then berate me for not missing <laughs> the birth of my child right. to come to a recording. Um, we'll see everybody next week, maybe. Paper Cake Disassembled continues. Fourth wall. <laughs>